2: I'm Courtney Robertson, and I was the most notorious villain in Bachelor History. A lot has changed since then. I got married and I'm a mom to two amazing kids. Every week, I'm going to be talking to other reality stars about what happens when the cameras stop rolling and you have to figure out what to do after reality. Hello, welcome back to the show. It's your host, Courtney Robertson, here, and I am live from Palm Springs. I did a 24 hour girls trip with my best friend, Amy Bean much needed little mom recharge. We are celebrating both of our birthdays and highly recommend it to a friend. I always say you can't pour from an empty cup, but I'm not going to lie. I miss my kids. I miss my husband. So our trip is coming to a close, but highly, highly recommend the Kipton Rowan in Palm Springs. This is not an ad. They have a rooftop pool. We had Mexican food for dinner last night. We've been in our robes all day. It's incredible. So uh, but I'm really excited about today's guest. We have a lot to catch up on. We go way back. He was the runner up on Desiree Hardstock season, season nine of The Bachelorette. We talk about who he thought the front runner was, what that felt like, um, them approaching him to be the next bachelor. He is a three week old at home. We talk about his upcoming wedding, all the details as well as what it was like to be on the set of Oppenheimer with Christopher Nolan. It's a major bucket list for any actor. Uh, Matt Damon recently told his wife that he was going to take a break from acting unless Christopher Nolan called him. So that's saying a lot. Without further ado, let's get to our guest. I hope you enjoy all right welcome back to after reality today's guest was a runner-up on the bachelorette season nine with desiree Hartsock. he's an actor a father an all-around incredible human it's drew kenny hi drew
3: hi courtney
2: hi how you doing
3: i'm doing uh, i'm doing great i really couldn't be better little uh you know little tired these days but um i you know, i can't complain it's uh, life is good well,
2: geez, I wonder why. Congratulations are in order. Uh so Drew got engaged to McKenna. How do you pronounce her last name? Hon Connell. Hon- Connell. And he they just welcomed their first child, a little girl, Charlie McShane. And she is adorable. She's precious.
3: Thank you. Yeah, we um we're just we're so in love and blessed and just thankful and tired. And it's um <laughs> it's it's the most um it's the craziest thing ever um uh, you know becoming a parent and going through all of that and you know we're yesterday we uh charlie turned three weeks old and so you know we're we're fresh into all of this it's you know we're still going through a lot of growing pains and i don't i've been told that you know those really never stop you just kind of get used to them so
2: well that is it's very true it's just the next thing and are you getting some sleep are you guys dividing and conquering
3: we, um, it took a couple of weeks to try and figure out, um, a system, but I think so. We've, uh, she will, um, McKenna will take like the last feeding of the night and we'll try and put Charlie down by like nine. And then, um, she'll do like the first feeding and she, she gets, um, a bottle every few hours. And so, um, McKenna will do that at, like around one and then I'll do the like the 334 and then I'll just stay awake and I'll do I'll stay awake through the morning um and uh let McKenna sleep and then um and then she gets up around you know between 9 and 10 and then and, then, we, and then, the, then the day's off.
2: <laughs> and you toss yeah. the baton. Well, that's nice yeah, of pretty... you to take the early morning shift. I did exactly what you guys are doing. I did the late night and then my husband would do the morning. And it just, I mean, even, I'm sure you know, even just getting a hot shower <laughs> is, is incredible when you have a newborn. It,
3: you appreciate every second uh, of that of, of time that you have to yourself um you know you you didn't realize how much you really took for granted until you don't have it I mean you know that's just such a cliche but um you know the time that you, you just you're, you're literally pinned you know when she's awake you're kind of you know you're at her mercy um and so it's uh yeah it, we definitely do a lot of trade-off it's it's a team effort
2: oh well, I couldn't be happier for you. And you're a girl, dad. And I just, it's just beautiful. And I'm curious because, you know, when I had my son uh, and, you know, moms talk about the moment you meet your baby and it's just like this, your heart bursts open. Was it like that for you? Did How did that feel?
3: It absolutely was. Um, you know, that was the most uh, just life-changing universe exploding moment you know happening right in front of your eyes and um you know just watching all of it happen and then watching the first moment that um charlie got to be with mckenna and you know being a part of that and then you know getting my time with her after that and it was just uh you really do it's uh you fall in love immediately um it changes your life instantaneously you are uh, you're a different person you're changed like it's it's kind of crazy um how things that you know things that just kind of used to take up space in your mind just don't even they don't even exist anymore and uh now all that all that really matters is uh is this this little person and it's crazy
2: oh i love that i just got goosebumps charlie mcshane is charlie a family name how did you i love it it's adorable
3: thank you yeah um kind of um charlie uh, i have a great grandfather whose name is charles and i always liked the name charlie for a girl um and we both did and I, you know, I when we were tossing out names a while back um i suggested charlie and it was actually the first name i suggested and and mckenna loved it um and so we just settled it was it, it was settled right there it made it real easy to pick a name. Um, and then McShane is my uh, grandmother's maiden name. Um, so Charlie McShane. Oh,
2: that's beautiful. My grandpa's name was Charles. That's so excellent. And then the wedding, are you guys going to still have a, a big wedding? Or-
3: yes. Um, so we got engaged last August. Um, so we've been engaged for 13 months. And the plan all along was to um get married in november and we're gonna get married in uh her hometown of fort worth texas and um you know that then in december uh late december is when we got the surprise that she was pregnant and so you know we were kind of just already so committed and plans made and you know checks cut for the wedding that we're like okay well you know we're just we're going as planned and uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to make it all work. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the wedding is November in Fort Worth. Uh, so we're about eight weeks out and um, it's going to be pretty big. We've got over 200 people invited so far. We've got over 100 people RSVP'd um, a lot bigger than I think either one of us were expecting. But you know how it goes. It's like you just you start putting lists together. And you, you're like, I can't leave that person out. all. Well, if I'm going to invite this person, you know, they've got you know, a significant other or, you know, they're married or they've got kids and this and that. And before you know it, you're, You're at two hundred and forty people and you're like, Holy cow, how (laughs) how did that happen?
2: I know. And all you see is dollar signs. It adds up so quickly, like just the little things like the the cutlery or the silverware and choices, like those little choices. And so, oh, I'm I'm so excited for you, Drew. I we had a big wedding plan and then COVID hit and like you said, the checks were cut. Uh, we had about a hundred people and then the venue changed we had already paid everybody. So we ended up having just our immediate family, like 20 people total. And it, it worked out really nicely, but I, I am a little jelly. I, I kind of wanted a big wedding. So hopefully it goes off without a hitch for you guys.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Um, so far, I think we're in good shape. Um, my first, you know, it, I kind of was joking, but you know, there was a, it wasn't any seriousness to it, but just just the understanding of how complicated and expensive weddings get. I was like, well, it's just, you know, let's go to a Justice of the Peace and, you know, just throw a huge party afterwards. But her family, you know, her family did not like that idea. So we were, <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. We can do the wedding. It's totally fine. But yeah, I would have been happy with a small gathering, but I'm also really excited for a big one, too. Like I'm, you know, I'm definitely a person who loves to be social and I love to be, you know, I, I like to be where the, where the action is. And, um, so, you know, ha- throwing a big party, um, you know, on, uh, you know, our most important day or, you know, one of the most important days next to, you know, the birth of Charlie is, you know, that's, you know, it, we're really, really excited and, and the way it's all come to be come together is it's going to be awesome.
2: And are you going to incorporate Charlie,
3: We are. Yes. Um, so she's going to, uh, walk down the aisle with, um, our, um, maid of honor and our groom and our best man. And, uh, who is McKenna's sister, um, and my best friend. And so McKenna's sister is going to hand her off to me. And then after them is going to be, um, Uh, the ring bearer and the flower girl and then McKenna is going to walk down the aisle. And so um, I'm going to hand off Charlie to my mom as McKenna walks down the aisle. And so she'll be, she'll definitely be center stage for everyone to you know get to see. She'll be 11 weeks old at the time. So it'll be the first, a lot of people in either one of our families will have had a chance to see her. So um, it's, we're really excited to have her a part of it.
2: Oh, it's going to be so special. We had our son at our wedding too. And kind of similar story to you. We weren't not trying, but it just, we were, you know, a little bit older and we, we didn't care what order it came in. But I look at our wedding photos and we had him in like a little mini tuxedo and they just, I still look at him to this day. They're, by the way, Drew, there's not going to be a dry eye in the house. Do you think you'll cry when you see her a little misty eyed? Oh.
3: I already cry thinking about it. Yeah. It's not, there's, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to be able to hold that in.
2: Oh gosh. Well, I can't wait to see the photos and you are, you, uh, are you still acting? I know you moved back to Arizona and you've got quite the impressive resume drew. I just saw that recently you were in Oppenheimer. You, uh, be played a soldier. You've, you've had quite the career. Are you still acting?
3: I am. Yeah. Thank you. I, um, I'm still acting well right now the strike has really put a uh, a stop to everything so um that was that kind of coincided right with the release of Oppenheimer so um you know that's there's not really been a whole lot since then but uh yeah still still loving what I do um I'm acting full time and and modeling here and there you know I think that's you know you and I and LA we connected through that because after being on the show we would run into each other we had, we had the same agent and so we would run into each other at the agent's office and then we would run into each other at castings and um, kind of got to know each other um, through that as well which is you know that's a whole nother world
2: oh um, I miss that I miss the San Monica days and we were both pretty close with the lawn he would have viewing bachelor viewing parties and that was a good time. I remember, like James Gunn would be there, and Sarah Heron. and also we did a charity soccer event together for The Bachelor in LA. That's uh, right.
3: That's right. That's... I think I still have my uniform.
2: I do too. I don't know what I'm hanging on to it for. I'm like maybe it, for like a Halloween costume or something.
3: <laughs> it's you know sentimental. You hold on to those things because you know it's it's so rare that you get to experience things like that. Anybody gets to experience things like that. So I always hold on to like little tokens from, from job. Like I would, I would hold on to, um, you know, things from set whenever I was on, uh, you know, when I was on Oppenheimer or when I was on uh, other shows or, or, you know, plays or things that I've done in the past, I've always held on to like little things here and there just to kind of remind myself of it.
2: Oh, me too. I still have every date card from the bachelor and I, I, do, I would tr- <laughs> always try to gr- grab a little trinket from each hotel. You
3: know? I did. I did too. I, um, <laughs> I did too. I think um, somewhere I still have the, you know, just all the date cards I held onto the roses for, I think a while, but those, you know, those got kind of nasty after a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So those were in the trash. I and think you're probably traveling
2: after. with them too. You're like, why am I traveling with all these old roses? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you because obviously you were the runner-up on Desiree's season. Flashing back, how did you end up on The Bachelor? Did you watch seasons prior? Were you nominated?
3: I was not a big fan of the show. My sister and my sister-in-law were big fans of the show, so my sister-in-law. um, Went online and filled out, uh, you know, information uh, for me and sent it in the casting and didn't really tell me about it. And then a few months after that, I got a phone call from um, I forget who it was in the casting office, but they called and they asked me if if I was interested because they were going to be in town for you know like a like a, a casting uh, uh, audition. And I was like, I didn't really know anything about the show, but I'm kind of a yes man. So I just was like, yeah, sure. I'll show up. I'll I'll see what this is all about. Um, And uh, sure enough, I went to that, you know, open call and really hit it off with the casting and um, and just kind of went from there. Uh, You know, I didn't really have any expectations because I wasn't a fan of the show necessarily. And I didn't, you know, I just didn't really even pay attention. I, I think I'd watched one season or one episode of the season before, which was Sean's season. And um, yeah, so that's really all I knew uh, of the show. So I kind of went in completely green and just decided that um, whatever happened happened. And I was just going to be myself and try to not say anything stupid or, <laughs> and embarrass myself. Uh, but yeah, that's how I ended up there.
2: Well, and you sure didn't. And you obviously you made it to the end. And you had a really good group of guys on your season: Juan Pablo, Zach Coulter, just to name a few. Um, Robert Graham. I forget who the villain was of your season, but it definitely wasn't
3: you. No, there was. I, I, if we Brooks. had a villain, it would. Yeah, Brooks was at the end of the season. Uh, he it seemed like he and Desiree had like the strongest connection, um, at least from the outsiders. You know, when you know when you're in the house, you don't you don't see everything that's going on, but from what, from the point of view, from the rest of us, it seemed like she and Brooks had really hit it off. Um, and when he left that kind of, you know, it, it was just me and Chris and Brooks. And um, you know, at that point I thought, you know, she's not going to go home with anybody. I mean, if she wasn't going to pick me, I thought I felt really good about, everything but i didn't i didn't you don't really know what you don't see so i had no idea the connection that she had with chris at the time um which was just which was crazy and obviously it was real and legitimate but you just you don't see that because they don't tell you anything that's not directly in front of you so yeah when when all of that went down it was uh it was it was just crazy it was wild.
2: Yeah. And uh, funny story about Brooks. You know, um, he came out to LA to meet me before he went on Paradise and we went on a couple dates. It was not a match. Uh, he's kind <laughs> of an eccentric guy. But anyway, uh, so you are on your last date and you're riding on this horse and she's already talking about how she's feeling and you're just watching the date and you're riding a horse along the beach. Um, and you do look like you're fresh out of an Abercrombie catalog, by the way. <laughs> and I just have to say, you handled it so well. She's crying and saying she just kept saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I just can't get there 100." percent And you said something like, oh, "You don't have to be sorry for not being in love with me." You you handled it really well. So, how did you feel in that moment where you seemed a little shocked?
3: I I was I I, I wasn't expecting to get let go um, right then, and I was I wasn't really expecting to let get, be let go at all. Um, the The day before was that intense rose ceremony where she let us know that brooks had left and it was just me and chris and she made this you know big speech about you know making sure that if we're accept- accepting these roses that we're committed and that we you know we're here for her and and um you know at that point i had in my head i was like well you know i'm yeah i am i'm i'm, I'm here for you know for for all of it um and so the next day, I kind of went in thinking that, well, if that's the what she was, if that was the message that was being sent the day before, then that's clearly how she felt as well about me, at least, you know, or and Chris because she was hand, handing us both roses at the time. so i didn't it didn't occur to me that maybe her heart wasn't all the way in it the way that she was asking us to be all the way in it as well. um, because you you know you you think when you're being handed the rose that, that she's there with you and not less than 24 hours are you expecting to be told that, you know, that's not the case when, you know, not really anything had happened to that point. We had barely had a, you know, any kind of conversation on the date yet. Nothing, there was no, you know, there was no like catalyst to anything happen. So it was, it was, it was very shocking when all that happened. And I just didn't want to, um I didn't want her to feel bad and feel guilty about, the way that she felt you know you can't control how you felt I'm sure that you know just by watching how she was handling that situation it wasn't something that she was taking lightly or rushing into um and so it it just wanted to let her know that it wasn't it was going to be okay and that you know I from personally you know you you never want to be with somebody that isn't always that isn't completely there to be with you and if she was already having reservations or doubts at that point, then there, I wasn't going to try and convince her that she was making the mistake. Um, and she clearly wasn't. She knew exactly what she was doing. Um, and, you know, I commend her for it. And and obviously it's worked out great for, all, for everyone involved.
2: Oh, well, absolutely. You got your happy ending. And, you know, she's been married for a long time now and has two kids. Have you seen her or chatted with her ever since after the final rose?
3: No, um, no, I, I, I like to respect, um, people's distance and privacy, you know, when, when, and that's, that's even outside of the show,
0: um,
3: you know, when, when relationships end, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity to turn the page, um, altogether and rather than try and keep even just a friendly relationship alive, you know, there's always, there's always, um, you know, some scar tissue or some muscle memory. And there's always the, just that the reminders and and things that can kind of cloud situations. So whenever things, you know, relationships, and I, I like to have just a clean break and just completely move on. So, um, it's, uh, no, we, we haven't said, we haven't met since the, I think it was like the the final Rose episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's totally fine. I'm I'm actually I haven't really had much involvement with the show at all since um, since my time on it.
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: I was going to ask you, Drew, you would have been a shoe in for the next Bachelor. I have to ask if they did approach you because then they made Juan Pablo the Bachelor, which, you know, that season was a little rocky. And did they approach you at all? Because you would have been perfect.
3: They did. Um, it was I don't know how serious they were. I think they were just testing the waters. Um, both Alon had, you know, a few conversations with me and uh, Peter Geist had had conversations with me about being um, one of the people, you know, that they were seriously considering as The Bachelor. you know, they didn't tell me one way or the other, um, until and they didn't even really tell me. Um, you know, when they when they do the the final rose episode, they always announce whoever the next bachelor is gonna be. And at that point, um, Chris was talking about how they had were gonna announce the next bachelor, and I sure as hell didn't get any um, you know, mm. uh, contract to sign, or nobody was nobody was telling me it was me. So Um, at that point, I, you know, it was pretty clear that they had chosen somebody else. So, um, it was definitely something that when they dangle that carrot in front of your face, it's hard not to get excited about it. Um, of
2: course it's a once in a lifetime opportunity.
3: Yeah, it would have been at the time. It would have been something I would have really wanted to do. Um, but in hindsight, I'm I'm actually really grateful it wasn't given to me, um, you know, I, I, it it gives you it gives you a lot of opportunity and give, and gives mm-hmm. you um, you know a, a, a launching pad into any avenue you really want to go into. Um, but I'm a I'm a pretty private person, um, mm-hmm. and when all the dust settled from the show, uh, I realized you know the effect that it takes on um, not just on you but on your family and your network and and the people around you um it's you know it's a lot for for everybody um
2: because you know everyone reads
3: everyone reads the tabloids everyone reads the you know twitter and you know instagram and you know comments and all that stuff people people can get addicted to reading that stuff um and it's not healthy and so i uh i was actually very grateful that they didn't select me even though at the time I it took me a while to understand that Um, it turned out to be the best thing possible.
2: Drew, that is really well said. And, you know, you're touching on being a private person. And I you know, it takes a long time to kind of get the bachelor, you know, right coming off the season. You're so recognizable. And like you said, the tabloids, but you were modeling and acting before you went on the show. Would you say that being on the show helped or hurt your career at all?
3: It definitely, um, within modeling, it definitely helped. Um, and this was, you know, this was early 2000s. Um, and so at the time there was still a stigma of, you know, people who came from reality TV couldn't be taken seriously as actors. So it took me, took me kind of a few years to shed that as, um, you know, in casting offices. Uh, but once I did, you know, it, it, it really worked out great. Um, and I've still been able to, you know, take advantage of all the opportunities from, you know, just getting my face out there to, you know, having a social media presence and all that stuff. It definitely benefited me, um, in so many ways that I would never have been able to do on my own without the help of the bachelor.
2: True, oh, That's so, that's so excellent. My career didn't really bounce back all the way. It kind of did, but, you know, it just was that was a tough pill to swallow. So I'm so glad. And you've been in plays, and you were on "Mom placing, uh, "Mom," what is it, mom's with Kristen Bell, "Uh, Two Ways to Go West" and "Oppenheimer." How was that? The set of "Oppenheimer." If I'm saying that, right?
3: it well. was. Um, I mean, it that's that's like a bucket list. You know, I I got to work with Christopher Nolan. Um, we were we were in New Mexico. Um, we were out in the desert down in uh, Berlin, which was, you know, south of Albuquerque. And, um, I was unbelievable. I mean, it really was, it was, it was, you know, I I can't, I can't imagine having an experience like that go any better. Um,
2: that's so great. mm -hmm. Oh oh my gosh. Well, I have to go back and watch it again. I was so tired. I almost started falling asleep. We had a date (laughs) date.
3: you know how that goes. Totally. It's a it's a long movie. um, And it's a lot of dialogue. You don't expect that from a Christopher Nolan movie. But um, it was it was it was just very dialogue driven for three hours. So um, but it's I thought I personally even though even if I wasn't in the movie, I would still say it was the best movie of the year.
2: Oh, me too. Hands down, hands down. Hopefully you get to go to the award ceremony and that kind of thing. So are you doing like auditions via zoom? Because since you're, you're back in Arizona, your hometown, you and I are both Arizonians. So are you flying out for auditions? I guess everything's on strike right now, but
3: Yes, I have been doing everything remotely and flying out when, you know, whenever it's necessary and and appropriate. Um, So, yeah, it's been uh, I'm still technically based in L.A. So, you know, all of my agents and representations are still out there. Um, You know, everything since COVID has moved to remote. Um, You know, they casting offices do not see very many people in person anymore. They certainly don't do like first auditions in person. Um, not until you get to the, them wanting to, you know, do a chemistry read or see who you are and, and really decide whether or not you're the, you're the right person. So it's, uh, it's been, on uh, un- like really a blessing to be able to move back to Arizona because it was time for me to be out of LA. I was there for 10 years and I loved it, um, but, you know, it, it definitely became a different place during COVID. And, um, you know, we were starting a family and getting married and all of that. And it, it's really tough to do that when you live in an apartment in Santa Monica. Um, so it was moving, moving home to Arizona was the best thing possible.
2: Well, we're glad to have you back, and I just I couldn't be happier for you. I, I love it. It's like home. It's like coming back to home. It's definitely an adjustment. I do miss some of the excitement of L.A., but it's always fun to go back and visit. And I always say L.A. is not going anywhere.
3: I miss the food, and I miss the beach. Oh, um, the
2: beach, and you've got your great uh, dog, Cooper, and mm-hmm. uh, Do- Doberman Pinscher. Are you, I would always run into you and um, uh, your ex, Amy, who I have to touch on. She was on Juan Pablo's season, which I think is kind of funny, because if you were The Bachelor, that would have been your season. <laughs> so y- you did yeah. date within the franchise a little bit, um, and you guys were together for a couple years. So had it was there an ending to that? Was it just run its course?
3: Yeah, we, we met um, through the show, obviously, um, but we never met on the show and, um, and uh, yeah, we were together for six and a half years, um, lived together for most of that time. And uh, it had just, yeah, it had run its course. You know, I think after, after a while, I think we were both kind of just hanging on to try and make it work and it wasn't working anymore. Um, And COVID happened and, it kind of created an opportunity to, um, to go our separate ways. So, uh, you know, it
2: did create some good things, remote, you know, auditioning. And I feel like that happened for a lot of people, which is, it's kind of a good thing in a way, Drew.
3: It it, it did. It it was like a rebirth, you know, Um, I got to move home. I got to find the right person and start the life that I've always imagined and dreamt for myself um and Mm. meet meet this incredible woman she's stunning by the
2: way how did you guys (laughs) meet for all the singles out there
3: um i we met we were introduced through mutual friends uh we met the old-fashioned way um she was living in texas and visiting her friend who was dating my first roommate when i moved to la so um they they kind of set us up and you know, her first night in town, she came and visited me, I was managing a restaurant in Santa Monica at the time. And so she came and dropped in and said hi and introduced herself. And I mean, it was like, it really was, you know, just sparks and, and, and love at first sight. Um, it was, she took my breath away. And we met the next day at a friend's birthday party and we've been talking ever since. Um, and we, that week, you know, she was in town for five days. We went on three dates that week. And then, you know, as soon as she left, we were already planning trips to go see each other. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty much immediate. We knew right away that it was, uh, it was the real thing.
2: Oh gosh. I'm so glad you found your true love and <laughs> Uh, this is just the happiest ending ever, Drew. So I really thank you for your time. I know, you, you know, Drew's running errands um, and that little quiet time for you is definitely Im- important for you. So I appreciate you carving out some time to talk. You have a three week old at home.
3: I do. Yes. And so I've got to actually I've got to grab milk and uh, vegetables for dinner tonight. And then um, I got to run back home and let um, give McKenna a break.
2: Well, thank McKenna for me when you guys get uh, to in a position to where you can do a date night, maybe we'll do a double date. Um, and I can't wait to see what happens next for you, Drew. I just you're going places, kid. Oh,
3: thank you. Yes, we would love that. Um, Let's do it.
2: Awesome. And I had to say thank you for coming to my book signing in Arizona. I wanted to touch on that in the beginning, but you've just always been such a good friend. So congratulations on all where can people find you? What's your Instagram handle?
3: Um, It's my name. It's at drew.kenny okay At drew. and then At um yeah i'm pretty much i don't i'm pretty much just on instagram i think i have a twitter but i never check it and you know i <laughs> i don't i don't i don't even have a tiktok so just instagram
2: we're old school i don't ticky talky either well drew go get your milk and thank you so <laughs> much for being here we'll have you back another time
3: all right thank you courtney
2: thanks drew All right, that's our show. Thanks for stopping by and a huge thanks to Drew. It was so fun catching up with him. He's got a lot of incredible things going on. Can't wait to do a double date with him and McKenna. And I'm back from Palm Springs right now. I just did bath times with the kids. It was heavenly. I'm going to go relieve Umberto. And we're going to do Taco Tuesday. But I appreciate you stopping by. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, I'm your host, Courtney Robertson. And this has been After Reality.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim?